Thank you. You may be seated. As Bill and and Matt said, uh, my name is Donald Jackson. For those of you who do not know me, uh, I get the honor and privilege of serving as a student minister here at Travis Avenue. Uh, Happy New Year and just so grateful to be here in the house of the Lord as we read and study through God's word together. Um, If you have a copy of God's word, if you would turn with me to Acts 1. Acts 1, where we'll be looking through verses 1 through 11 this morning. Acts 1, verses 1 through 11, and the word of the Lord says this, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostle whom he had chosen. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We pray that this morning that it would convict and lead us so that we can be more like you for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Back in the early 1500 BC, the Egyptians created what we now know as to be a clock. Now, they didn't call a clock back then. It was sundials. I'm sure you all have seen what a sundial looks like. It's a, it's a semicircle, and then there's 12 different sections which, within this sundial. Now, there's two different ways that they use these sundials. One was like a bowl. And so they would, they would put these 12 markings in a bowl, 12 to mark the, the separate hours of the day. So you have noon, and then you have, you have morning. And this sundial would let them know how much time has taken place, what time they're at in the day, but then how much time they had left in the day. So they used this bowl and then later on they got creative. They decided to put these sundials on their walls across where they lived. So when people were walking, as long as they put it in the right direction, they could see sundials on the wall across the city so that they too know how much time has gone, what time they're at, but then also how much time is left in the day. Now, time is a, is a very interesting thing. Within, when we think about time, we think about the past, present, and the future. The past, all the memories that, that we've gone through, some of the memories that y'all have made this past Christmas season with, with loved ones, with family, with friends. But sometimes looking at the past, for some of us, it can be very sorrowful, full of pain and, and, and the death of a loved one. It's not, a, it's not a place that we often wanna, wanna go back to. But then we have the, the present, what's happening right now, the season that we're in right now. Whether it, be, whether it be the season that you're in financially, politically, spiritually, oftentimes when we think about the present, we think about what you're doing right now, but I also wanna just expand our horizon to the season that we are in right now. Just finishing up the Christmas season, going into year 2023, the present, where we're at right now. And then there's a future. Now, when we look at the future, we we look about expectations that we have that's hopefully going to happen in year 2023, right? Hopefully things are going well financially for us with with the stock market. Hopefully we get that extra grandchild that we want, right? Or hopefully we get that extra kid that that we are longing for to have to grow our family. Or maybe you just want to make memories with your loved ones and there's a vacation that you want to go on, right? Where you're going to the Bahamas or some places and just relaxing and having a good time with your family. When we think about the future, we think about things that are to come. And when we think about the good things of the future, we kind of get into the state of anticipation. 
Like we're, we are excited for things that are about to happen. And hopefully you're excited about some things that are gonna happen in year 2023. Well, this morning in the text, we're gonna look at how Jesus put the disciples in a state of anticipation. But while he put them there, he didn't just leave them there. So let's go ahead and look at what the author of Acts has for us as we pick up in verse three. Right before this, when we look at the book of Luke, we see that Jesus had just died. He hung on the cross and then he was buried in the tomb there for three days and three nights. And then he did the one thing that no one has ever done. He defeated death. And then after that, we see that the author of Acts tells us what he does in verse three. He presented himself alive to them. After his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So here we have Jesus just after he rose from the dead. He goes and he presents himself to a lot of different people during these 40 days. But right here, the author of Acts tells us he also presents himself to the apostles. So to hundreds of people and the apostles. And what does he do? He shows the proof that he himself was the one who hung up on that cross. He himself was the one who suffered, the, not the consequences, but suffered the pain that we were supposed to have. There were scars in his hands. There were scars on his feet. There were scars on his back. He was showing them proofs that he himself was the Messiah. But he didn't just do that. He also spoke about something. At the end of verse three, we said, and speaking about what? The kingdom of God. Now, throughout all of Jesus's ministry, if we were to look back, we see that the one thing that Jesus stayed consistent with doing was speaking about the kingdom of God over and over and over again throughout his ministry, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And we see this in a lot of areas in the gospels, Mark 4, 23, and he went throughout all of Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Mark 9, 35, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Mark 1, 14 through 15, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So throughout all of his ministry, that's, this is what Jesus was talking about. It was about the kingdom of God. And now for 40 days, he does the same thing, but there's something different about this, this time. There's something different about the apostles this time as he's talking about the kingdom of God. In Luke 18, 31 through 34, and taking the 12, Jesus taking the 12, he said to them, see, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written about the son of man by the prophets will be accomplished for he will be delivered over the Gentiles. He will be mocked and shamefully treated and spat upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. But they, the disciples, understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from him and they did not grasp what was said. 
The disciples, they knew about Jesus during his ministry. They believed in who Jesus was. They had faith in who Jesus was, right? Like they were following after, they saw the miracles after miracles after miracles. They knew who Jesus was, but the difference is now they know, now they understand after witnessing his crucifixion, after witnessing his burial and resurrection, they are understanding what he means now by the kingdom of God is at hand. Now imagine sitting with Jesus in this moment and just listening to him talk about his heavenly home, his heavenly kingdom, this place where there's no more pain, there's there's no more suffering, there's no more sin, there's no more elections, there's no more wars. Like it is a perfect kingdom where we get to dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. And the disciples, they're hearing this and they are just getting so amped up to be a part of this kingdom. And we continue on. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. A little bit about what's going on in Jerusalem right now. So Pontius Pilate, the one who gave Jesus over to the Jewish leaders, he was, he was not wanting to be in Jerusalem. In fact, he was told he needed to go to Jerusalem to help control all the chaos that was happening amongst those groups. Jerusalem was not a place you wanted to be as a political ruler. Like it was not a fun place to be. And so Pontius Pilate thought that, hey, if I give, these, if I give Jesus over to the Jewish leaders, a lot of this conflict, it's gonna, it's gonna dissipate, but that didn't happen. After Jesus died, in fact, more conflict started to arise in the city of Jerusalem. So what did Emperor Titus do? He decided, okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and lay siege to the city of Jerusalem. It's called the, it's called the Jerusalem siege. So this is not a place that you you wanna be in right now as a disciple. Like it is not a fun area to be in. And yet Jesus in this moment, he's saying, hey, I need you to stay here because there is an important promise that I am going to fulfill. Now imagine with me right now that this church, this is not happening, um, but that this church is on fire right now. Okay, in this sanctuary, there's fire all around us and y'all are freaking out. And I just tell you, hold up. Everything's gonna be fine. Just stay in your seats. Y'all would not listen to a word that I say, right? You just, it'd be mass chaos trying to get out of this place. But in this moment, Jesus is telling them, hey, there's a promise that I need to fulfill from the prophets from Micah that needs to take place here in Jerusalem. Be patient and wait for I have more commands for you. We go on in verse six where it says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now notice they don't say the kingdom of God. They say the the kingdom of Israel. All this time in in Jesus' ministry, he's talking about the kingdom of God, but yet the disciples, they now recognize that this heaven that Jesus is talking about, the one that's in heaven, he's gonna bring that same peace here on earth. So like, okay, Jesus, like, Things in Israel are not going so well. When are you gonna restore the sovereignty of Israel back to its rightful place? When are you gonna bring what is in heaven here on earth? They are ready. Here's what Jesus said to them in verse seven. It is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. 
My wife and I, we, we love to go on road trips. It's one of our favorite things. We used to go on a lot longer road trips before we had um, baby Drew, our, our little daughter. Um, now it's a lot shorter road trips because she can't last that long. But if you're going on a road trip, a lot of times one of the best things to do on a road trip is go through pretty areas, right? Like nobody wants to drive from here to Midland because it's just like, it's ter- yeah, it's terrible, right? Like we want to go where it's someplace pretty. We want to see mountains. We want to see the ocean. We want to see valleys and rivers. Like we want to see some beauty. And while you're driving, what happens is so often you, you, you look to see what's going on around you and you, you keep on looking and what happens? You start to go into the, to the wrong lane, like bad things start to happen. Or you're driving straight forward and you see what's ahead and you're so just amazed about the beauty that God created. And then what happens is you forget what's in front of you as well. And you forget about the place that you're supposed to be. You know, a lot of times as, as believers and as people who know about the second coming, we, we, it's good to hope for what's to come, but we often forget where the Lord has us right here, right now, in the place and in the state of which we are at. Like he has us in the season that we're at. Now, for some of us, that season might not be a, a pretty thing. It might, it might be full of, of some suffering, some sorrow and, and grief. For some of us, it might be a great season of life and joy. But Jesus reminds us during this time that we do not have authority over time. We do not have authority of what is to come. For that is all fixed on the things above. And he tells us that we need to be comfortable being uncomfortable with where we are at. We all wanna know the time and place that things will happen, right? We all wanna know what's gonna happen in the future and be aware and in control of our lives. We wanna be in control of what's gonna happen in our jobs. We wanna be in control of what's gonna happen with our finances. We wanna be in control of everything. Yet God is saying times and seasons, they are all on his authority and not on ours. And so he leaves the disciples in this place of anticipation. But while they're in this place of anticipation, he has some commands. He has some things that he wants to tell these disciples as we look at verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This word power, the dynamis in the Greek, meaning dynamite. Now I didn't bring a piece of dynamite. Um, I would have, but I didn't want to scare anyone. Um, but if you, were to, if you were to blow up a piece of dynamite, right? Whatever, whatever is closest to that piece of dynamite at first, that's the thing that's going to get affected first. Makes sense. So in this moment, while Jesus is saying, hey, you're gonna receive power, you're gonna receive this divine enablement to go out, that power starts within yourself, within us, within our own hearts. It starts with us being convicted by the spirit and being led by the spirit. Oftentimes when we think of power, we think we have the power then to change other people. So, so, so many times when I have a student in my office and I get the privilege of just walking through scripture with them that they hear God's word and they, they're starting to read God's word and they're hearing about the gospel and the good news and, and, but they're not fully recognizing that they're a sinner or what they need to be saved from. And I just wanna grab them by the face sometimes, you know, and just be like, why can't you just be saved? And I wanna grant them this gift of salvation. But it's not my gift to grant. It's not my gift to, it's to give. We have been given this power, this divine enablement to be sent out 
of our place to go and to be the gospel to the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. All God calls us to do with this power is to be faithful and to allow the power to be used through us, not not us use the power for what we want. The power is meant to empower us by the same spirit of Jesus to share in the servanthood of Jesus's ministry. As we go on in in verse eight, it says this, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, if we were to look at a map right now of Israel, we would see Jerusalem kind of in the lower section of this map. And then we would see Judea and Samaria, north and south. So here we have Jesus telling the apostles, hey, you're not just gonna like go to this one location. No, I want you to go north, south, east, and west. I want you to go all over this world. This is why it's important that we emphasize World Missions Month in the month of December. This is why it's important that we support people who go out and church plant across the country. While we at Travis here are planning to go and church plant across this country, it's because Jesus has given us this divine enablement to do so. But notice where Jesus starts out with this journey. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. He's saying, hey, my disciples, you're gonna be my witnesses right here, right now in the place that I have you. Yes, there might be suffering going on in Jerusalem. Yet, Yes, there might be pain going on in Jerusalem, but even more so, they need to hear about the kingdom of God now. Your journey takes place here, where you're at, the season where you're at, you are to be on mission right here, right now. Verse nine says, and when he had said these things, as they were looking on him, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? For this Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Every Sunday, one of my favorite things that I get to do, and I've been doing this for about a year and a half now, is I bring my, my little daughter um, into the first service before the service starts. And I, I started this about when she was two months old. So about 16 months ago, I'd walk in with her 16 months ago, just little baby Drew in my arms and you guys would just be mesmerized by her. She's a cute baby, okay? She's probably the cutest baby out there, okay? You guys would be me- mesmerized by the, by the gloriousness of my little child, right? And for 16 months, I would be bringing my daughter in. And you you guys just bless my heart so much by just saying, oh my goodness, I've been thinking about Drew all this week. I've been praying about her, giving giving us gifts and just blessing my family in ways that we, we couldn't even imagine. And I'm just so grateful. And for 16 months, I've set this expectation for you guys that every Sunday you are gonna see this cute little girl walk in. And now she's to the point where I don't even hold her because she's so heavy. I'll walk in and she'll just wave, right? She'll blow kisses at everyone. Some of y'all will make her cry, shame on you. But like she's in here and she's just having the time of her life. But here's the deal. Some Sundays I don't bring her in here. Now I don't get the same reception if I don't bring her in here. Okay, it's not, oh my goodness, Donna, you're so cute. You're so beautiful. No, no, no. It's on where is your child at? Okay, like it is dangerous if I don't bring my daughter in here. 
But you see, I've set this expectation up for so long that she, she will be here and she will be present and you guys can love on her. Y'all can be with her. Y'all can shake her hand, give her hugs and all that fun stuff. But here's the deal, earthly expectations, they just don't last. The expectation that I give you that she'll be here, I, I let you down sometimes. Expectations in this life that are earthly, they, 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 don't, they don't last. They're temporary. And if, and if they do happen, great. But a lot of times we get our expectations, like we, we get sad because they don't come true. But here we have the, the gospel, these men of God telling us this Jesus in verse 11, who has taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Hey, guess what? Just like how he went up, he's coming back. Jesus came, he came once already through the birth of Mary. He came to save us from our sins, but guess what? He's coming back to save us from our suffering. No more pain, no more sorrow. That is, with, that, that is what is in heaven will be here on earth. It is gonna be a glorious day when we get to be in the presence of Jesus forever and ever. And we get to hold on to that hope. This Advent season, um, we have been remembering and celebrating the first coming of Jesus Christ. And it's very important to remember the first coming of Jesus, but it's just as important to also remember what Jesus is going to do. And while it's good to sit in anticipation and, and long for the hope of the gospel and long for that day where there's no more pain, where we get to be in the presence of God forever, where, where we get to sit with him and be with him, Jesus commands us to still be a part of something. He doesn't just leave us in this place of not knowing. No, he gives us the right expectation, but he also gives us a mission to be on. And so while we're resting in this hope, we also need to remember what that mission looks like. One of our core values here at Travis is that service is a privilege. Church family, we get the privilege of serving, not just the local church, but of serving our community of serving our, our neighbors, serving our, our families. We get the privilege of being part of the great commission of the good news of Jesus Christ. And it starts right here where the Lord has us right now. So as we're looking to the year of 2023, I wanna encourage us in a couple of ways for us to be on mission right here in the season of which Jesus has us right now. First, it's just recognizing. Recognizing people in our life. Recognizing who, who your neighbor is. Recognizing people who don't know the Lord your family members. Maybe it's not your neighbor. Maybe it's your neighbor's neighbor or a neighbor's neighbor's neighbors. Maybe it's someone in your community who you see all the time, who you wave to all the time, but you haven't had that conversation with. Maybe it's that family member that you've, you've had conflict with and you need to seek forgiveness or go and, go and seek reconciliation and restoration within that relationship so that you can help them and you can care for them and you can be the gospel to them. It's recognizing people in our life who need to hear about the kingdom of God. Secondly, it's, it's being intentional being intentional of being the gospel. You know, part of the great commissions means that we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Meaning the same way that Jesus has shown love to us, shown care to us, has blessed us, has 
comforted his comfort with us. That's the same thing that he wants us to do to the people around us. We need to be Jesus to the people around us. Maybe it looks like helping someone who is in financial need and, and, and giving them that comfort that they need financially. Maybe it's just seeing that they're having a hard time through pain and suffering and you, they just need someone who just listens. Doesn't say anything, but just listens. Just as an ear as an, and as a friend. Maybe it's bringing food to your next door neighbor who's suffering for, what, for everything that's going on in their life. It's, it's being intentional in the times they are not used to being intentional so that they can see the gospel of Jesus in your life. It's letting the gospel be the thing that drives everything that we do. And last, but certainly not least, it's just being faithful. It's just being faithful. I think this is kind of one of the most important things that the Lord calls us to do as we're being on mission. And that's just be faithful to what he has for us. It's so easy to want to control um, the way people come to know the Lord. Like we think sometimes that if we invite people to an event or to, um, to, to our homes or to this, this place to hear a sermon that, that they're going to be saved right then and right there. And we want to have control over whether or, not, whether or not they're saved, but the Lord just calls us to be faithful and have a faithful presence in their life. There's a song, it's called Waymaker. Um, and in the bridge, it goes, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. A lot of times as we're administering with people, especially people who, who we don't see every day and we're, we're being the gospel to them, we, we often don't see what the Lord's doing in their life. We don't see the fruit that he is producing. All he calls us to do is be faithful and know that he is constantly working. Why? Because he loves everyone on this earth. He loves us just as much as he loves the unsaved. And he wants to see those who are far from God come to know him. He just wants us to be faithful to the great commission of Jesus Christ. So as we're looking to year 2023 and beyond, let's Let's make sure that we are recognizing people in our life, people who don't know Jesus and need to know Jesus. Let's, let's be intentional of being the gospel, of going out of our way of doing things that we usually wouldn't do so that they can see who Jesus is. And let's be faithful in doing, doing it, knowing that he is working. Even when we don't see it, he, Jesus Christ, is always working. While we are anticipating the kingdom, let's, let's stay on mission as we are sent out of this place. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand and his great commission, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it needs to be heard by everyone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your ascension. Thank you for the, the Advent season that we just came out of where we celebrated the birth of, of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that as we celebrate his birth and his first coming that saved us from our sins, I pray that we would also celebrate, long for, anticipate, and cling to the hope of your second coming, Jesus. 
And God, I pray that while we are in the state of anticipation that we would also long for, we would also go out of these four walls, go out of this church building and be the gospel, being intentional of seeing those who are far from you come to know you. God, I pray that we would just have a faithful presence in the city of Fort Worth, knowing that you are always working, knowing that you are always moving. You never stop. You never stop working. God, thank you for the love, for the grace, and for the mercy that you pour out on us every single day. Jesus, we we do not deserve it, yet because of your love, you give it to us. Thank you. God, I pray for Travis family in the year 2023 that we would be so intentional being the hands and feet of Jesus to our neighbors, to our family. And that we would share with them that the kingdom of God is at hand. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Put this all in your name, amen.